0: This is Bellator Colloquium, a podcast of the Bellator Society. Bellator in Latin means warrior, and a colloquium is a conversation. We at the Bellator Society are online warriors for the true, good, and beautiful, and this podcast is our conversation about all those things and so much more. Meet us here weekly at Bellator Colloquium and at bellatorsociety.com for content that will hopefully lift you, inspire you, comfort you, and make you feel a part of our Bellator Society.
1: Good morning, friends and warriors, and welcome to podcast number 10. You're joining us today on the Bellator Colloquium, and we have a really special guest joining us from Arkansas. I'm Tracy Eddy from Scottsdale, Arizona, and my happy, friendly, smart, Beautiful co-host, Fran Jaeger is in Nashville, Tennessee.
0: Hey good there, morning. Tracy. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. This is going to be a good podcast.
1: It is. It's be we have
0: podcast. we have laid the land. We have our sound up. We have we're working. <laughs> our sound's gonna be awesome. <laughs> I know we've been working on it for a while, but all of you out there in Bellator Society Podcast Land, we want you to know that we are actually working really hard to get the best sound quality uh, that we possibly
1: can, and uh, that's that's a bit of a process. It is, and we've heard you. We've heard some of the. Some of the critiques and we've heard some of the compliments and we are working to to improve really each podcast. I think we have yeah. it a little bit different um, yeah. to get that sweet spot.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And and I mean, just to reiterate, we actually do hear your critiques and we do try to take them to heart. And so thank you and, and keep them coming. Like if you have some ideas for us, definitely keep us coming because uh or keep them coming because we are uh as I said before, always a work in progress, like an organic. We, exactly, we are. We're just, you know, really emblematic of the spiritual life of the process
1: <laughs> towards heaven. We haven't gotten there until we are there. <laughs> so, it's a journey. It's a journey. It Today, we are going to talk about something really fun. We're going to talk about friendships, right? Absolutely. I love this topic. I think it's going to be a really good topic
0: for us. And I love that Angela is here with us because she's like one of the friendliest friends in all the world. She's a friend expert. She really is. I mean, and she would not consider herself that as well because she is (laughs) so humble, so absolutely probably mortified (laughs) that we're saying this about her.
1: I think so. I think so. I was thinking about... This this morning on my way to take uh, my youngest to school, and she and I was I was trying to articulate what I want to say about Angela. And really, I thought she's an expert. It's like having an expert on your show about something because she knows how to make friends, she knows how to keep friends. Okay, I'm just going to go ahead and jump in because you're really embarrassing (laughs) me right
2: now. So
1: stay quiet any longer. (laughs)
2: Welcome, good morning.
0: (laughs) Hi, ladies. Hello, Angela Green. I love you Well, we love you. And one of the reasons why you're on this podcast with us today talking about friendship is because we loved your blog that you wrote for us um, a while back called um, If You're Talking, You're Not Listening. And um, I thought that it was such a beautiful kind of jumping off point um, for a conversation about friendship because I do think it's very um, – it plugs into why you are such a good friend, right? It it shows us kind of how you do this thing you do. And
2: one of them is listening. I'm listening to you right now. <laughs> you know, I really appreciate you saying that. And I think it all goes back to um, the field of work that I'm in. Um, I do work in the healthcare field. I'm an occupational therapist. And a lot of the time that I spend with my patients is one-on-one. And if I see them several times a week for several weeks, there's a lot of time that you're getting to know someone. And I'm not just sitting there doing exercises with them or training them with prosthetics or whatever it might be. Um, you really have an opportunity to get to know some amazing people when you just sit there and listen and talk to them um, and get to know their, their lives and their, their souls. It's really quite an amazing process to be able to, um, to dive into with, a, with someone.
0: So maybe I know that you balked at us calling you an expert, and I get it. I totally get (laughs) Mm -hmm. it. But it may be that you really are because you have this much practice doing it, you know, not all of us. And I love that you brought up your your occupation, you know, as an occupational therapist, that, that you are in constant communication with other people really on a very intimate level. I mean, physically intimate and in that you're touching them. I mean, your hands are on their bodies to help them figure out how to how to use them better or, or recover. And, um, and then at the same time, you are kind of tapping into them, um, you know, emotionally as well, because I mean, I can't imagine a more emotionally vulnerable time than the time of healing, you know, or hurting. And these are these are when these people are coming to you. And so you have so much practice, um, you know, so much good experience in um, just creating relationships with other people. And it's hard. It's hard for me to imagine that you can create a good relationship with someone and that not automatically become a friendship of sorts. I mean, we have plenty of like acquaintances in the world and, you know, people we know and people that we have a relationship with in terms of like, you know, just familiarity but if you really have that consistency and, and that digging in together, then it's going to end up in friendship. So you are a friendship expert, Angela Green. <laughs> You're so sweet. Don't well, deny you know, it.
2: Something that you mentioned make, made me think about how a friendship is not always what you expect it to start off as. And mm-hmm. I think many of my friendships have um, developed just because um, not just a common interest, but because we're being trustworthy of each other and um you you mentioned uh touch there is a power of healing um with touch and i think in order to have that comfort level with people they have to have a trust in you in order for you to help them physically in certain aspects of their life and um i know i've talked to y'all about a dear friend of mine who was actually one of my very first patients and uh, his, na- his last name is Fino. And so Fino became uh, one of my dearest friends. And if you uh, look at him on paper, he is a 40-year-older white male <laughs> than me. So uh, I was, I think, 27 when I met him. So he would have been 67 and he had had a stroke. And yeah, we did have a few areas of common interest. We both like food and wine. So he actually, <laughs> he owned a wine store. So that was definitely a bonus in my life since I like a lot of wine Um, but over time I got to know him and his family and it just became such a beautiful friendship and um, I really feel like he became one of my dearest friends and so who would have expected this 40 year old this 40 year older man to become such a dear friend um, all through you know a patient therapist relationship but Mm -hmm. it can happen you never know what to what you're going to get.
1: But I think that, that says a lot about you because you don't go into friendships with preconceived notions. You don't yeah. meet people with judgment. You know, you, you really kind of come to them and meet them where they are. And so that's a testament to you and your ability to make friends and Fran, I, made a a comment we were kind of giggling when we were talking about having you on because she said she's such a good friend to everybody because literally her friends on Facebook are not just acquaintances like she goes and does things with these people like every time we turn around you're either camping with someone or on a vacation with someone or um, and I think Fran and I we both know that you're a good friend of ours and we feel honored to be in your a friend to Angela, but i don 't think it's an exclusive group because you are such a good friend yeah. genuinely to so many people from childhood friends to college friends to church friends, and then you know, like you said to your patients. So how do you do that besides listening and occupational therapy <laughs>
2: <laughs> and uh, how do you
1: make it work because you 're busy how do you you 've got children you 've got a busy husband who, you know, works and you work, um, a demanding job. So how do you, how, how do you find time to be intentional with everyone? Like that's oh, a skill. I, I, I don't think <laughs> I have to, I don't know if I do that at all. Um, you do.
2: We you're, think so you do. <laughs> you're so sweet for saying that. Um, I know that you have to sell, set boundaries in your life. Um, we're all overworked. We're busy. Um, I think having common interest helps. Um, a lot of times, you know, it might just be a play date after school and to be able to bond with someone uh, right 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 there, you know, with your kids um present, I think is good. But also a lot of the friends that I've grown to love and to to share that deep unity where you're sharing your soul with each other, a lot of times they're the people that we're surrounded by in different groups of our church so my husband and I are part of um, a marriage encounter group through church and we're the youngest couple in our group but they have grown to know us so intimately because we share we pray we learn together and over the the past years we've just grown into having this beautiful relationship with this group of people from our church so you know there are there are a group of people that we might only see once a month or we might see at mass on on the weekend um, and then there are other friends where we have a deep friendship with through church and it's a group of friends that we have dinner with once a month um, so i i don't think that i spend time on a daily or even weekly basis um, reaching out to do something with friends but sometimes It might just be a text message or you know that something's going on in someone's life and you can reach out and let them know that you're thinking of them. What can I do to pray for you? Being able to share that bond, um, having a Christian friendship in that way. So um, I do want to mention that there are people that I see from afar and I'm drawn to them because of the joy that they have in their life. And there's one woman in particular that I would always see maybe at daily mass or, um, just somewhere around church. And I, there was part of me where I was like, I want to know her. I want to be her friend because she just exudes joy. And have y'all ever been around someone like that? Yes. Okay. So you know how special those people are and they just bring a positivity and a great energy into your life. And it just so happened that we ended up in, um, d- we both were doing a Bible study, not in the same group, but we were both, um, helping with the Bible study and so through that connection I was able to get to know this woman and like deep inside I was like yes I finally like gained (laughs) this woman as my friend because I knew she was just going to be a wise mentor in my life and those those women are so important to have you know Mm mm-hmm Absolutely. Um, kind of
0: going back to the different friend groups that you were referencing, it makes me think of, y'all know the story of uh, Pierre Giorgio Frassati and his funeral. How, um, so he made it his business. He was a, you know, a 20th century um, Italian young man, you know, very handsome. He's often the patron saint, often considered the patron saint of J. Crew models. <laughs> he was just a, <laughs> was just a very Stop. handsome young man and gregarious and Charismatic and just had, you know, so many, so many friends from different walks of life. He was very uh, generous. He was um, kind of upper upper society, but he made friends with, you know, people of, of all walks of life. And, um, at his funeral, it was said that there were like throngs of people who showed up who were like, you were friends with him. You were (laughs) friends with him. Like, Oh my gosh. Like they were, it was like, you know, he created this community around himself that, that, you know, just loved him. And then by extension, you know, at the end of his life, they all just, you know, came together to, to, you know, pray for his soul and and you know wish him goodbye but they had each had these these little experiences with him and and were able to be like oh my goodness we're we're all friends you know (laughs) anyway i just i feel like i feel like um that's kind of what you do in a way that, that you know, you have your, your hand in different friend groups. And yet when, when connections are made, we're like, you're friends with Angela too? Oh, my goodness. That's so cool. I like cool. Even more. I know, <laughs> I know. I know. I love it. But do you guys, uh, speaking of which, do you guys remember the first time that the three of us hung out? Does anyone remember when
2: that was? Well, was it I... at Tracy's house doing Bridge Club?
0: No, it was prior to that. Okay, so Tracy and I, we had just met, and I don't even know if we had started walking yet, Tracy, but um, we had just found out that we were neighbors, and um, we were both, I guess, relatively new to the neighborhood, and they were having, like, a like a street neighborhood concert at the
2: promenade, if you yes, remember. Yes, you brought, uh, what is that wine with fruit? Sangria. Sangria. <laughs> yes, and I didn't know you, but I immediately was like, I like this girl. She brings good drinks.
0: <laughs> she brings mixed drinks in the back of her car, with probably, all her- (laughs) (laughs) illegally and so we just decided to meet up for this concert but angeli we didn't decide to meet you you were there you and and daniel were there did you even did you even have any children yet
2: maybe Um, you had a baby i bet i had my First, one, yeah, yeah.
0: I think maybe you had a baby, but um, I had three at the time, and Tracy had not had her, she didn't have children yet. And so, here's the of course, the woman with the children <laughs> is bringing <laughs> all of the alcohol to this public establishment. But you know, we had you know our little solo cups, drinking our sangria, listening uh-huh. to the um, listening to the concert, and then we were just like, you and Tracy knew each other, right? Yes, you, you yes. knew each other from childhood, we and did. so it was almost a reconnection. I knew you, Angela, from church, and I I had just met Tracy um, as a neighbor and also as a, a church goer, you know, fellow church goer. And yet we just had this like convergence, and we were like, we can't end this here. This concert is over, but it can't stop. And so we went to my house, which was just a couple blocks away. And I think we sent like the men folk out to get us some like food. We're like, because yes. I had no, I wasn't planning on entertaining, right? Anybody. Because you had fed
2: your children all of those, all the fruit from the sangria, I think. And then they were sleeping in the back of the car. I was really just no, I'm joking. That is that is that is false, but it is false. not a bad idea, as a matter
0: of fact. <laughs> <laughs> Never. But we didn't, I mean, like, I don't think that I had, I know that I did not have any like food set up for entertaining purposes. So we sent the guys out to get food and we just hung out at my house the rest mm-hmm. of the evening and it was so fun. And there was this little connection made, you know, through, through other, I mean, again, y'all knew each other prior. I knew the two of you separate from each other, had no idea that you had a relationship, you know, that, that was, you know, ha- pre existing. So anyway, that was just a fun connection. And I love when, when those things happen and it's like kismet. Yeah. I think
1: It's it's also important to be kind of just open to friendships. I think so often as adults, you know, as women, we think I've got all the friends I need. I am 30, 40, whatever. I've got plenty of friends. I'm not really looking for for new friends, but I think it's important to be open to to people that kind of walk into your life from from your past or from, um, you know, just a, a new friend a new person and to to not be so rigid and okay this is over I'm gonna go like we were all kind of open to it's a Friday night a Saturday night we've got nothing to do let's go let's go um have fun and conversation and get to know each other and um and it's funny because that was such a long time ago that Fran r- reminded me of this recently and I'm like oh yeah <laughs> I remember <laughs> seeing Grias <laughs> So I love Angel. That's the first thing you said. So it shows you that food and drinks can sometimes be the best, um, not equalizer, but just such a good common commonality for people who are getting to know each other. Like everyone loves a good, a good drink or a good uh, meal or good snacks or whatever. And it breaks the ice. And um, that was a fun night.
0: It was a totally fun night, and um, I'm glad that we can all reminisce about it. And, and also, it's a great jumping off point to uh, something that Angela mentioned, um, I think, earlier about Christian friendship. And, you know, if we were to, I think, define Christian friendship, it would be friendships that are, you know, maybe, maybe rooted in Christ, you know, those that come from our church, from our faith, uh, but also I think those sorts of relationships that are modeled after the kind of relationships that Jesus had you know mm-hmm. that i mean if if he is our exemplar which of course he is you know we kind of need to look and see how he related to people and how he reached out to people to to bring them in um in, into friendship with him because that that's why he came i mean that is That is the economy of grace, right? To restore friendship with God. And Jesus was the person who did that for us um, in a very real way. So how did he, how did he do it? And then how do we do it? And Angela, going back to your piece on, um, if you're talking, you're not listening. The first thing you say in your blog is we learn in Luke that Jesus sat among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. You know, that we look again, what was Jesus's behavior and, and, you know, you're modeling your behavior behavior Right after him. But last night I was thinking about the different ways uh, that we can cultivate kind of Christian friendships or spiritual friendships is another word for it. Um, but I'm going to call these scriptural friendships because they all come directly from scripture and give us very uh, particular ways in which we can model our friendships after Jesus. And I'm going to, this is our, oh, we didn't say this, Tracy. This is our 10th episode. Did we say that? I'm not sure. Welcome to podcast number 10. <laughs> so i always say that because because it's our 10th episode i came up with 10 ways that we can model friendships after jesus and and one of which is sharing meals yes right having having that experience absolutely having that experience of of sharing a meal together is is it is a moment of intimacy you know of of hominess um would you guys like to say anything about sharing meals? I've got nine more to go. Well, I've, I've one got thing a I lo- things
1: to say about that. I'm going to let Angela go, though, since she's the guest. Oh, well, one thing
2: I love is how there are times after Mass when several couples and families will get together and go grab a bite to eat. So our community leaves church and continues on um, in friendship and fellowship over a meal. And I just think that's so nice to, that – It doesn't, church doesn't always have to end after one hour. You know, we can continue in fellowship afterwards. That's why we have coffee and donuts as well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You know, also, um, is it, oh goodness, I just forgot the ministry name, but it's Grace Before Meals. It's the, Mm -hmm. it's um, Father Leo's. Paddling uh, hug. Paddling hug. Yes. (laughs) He's got that ministry and it is such a important ministry because, we all eat. I mean, it's a human need, and it's such, like you said, it's intimate. It's, there's an intimacy we share in a meal. Um, obviously, Jesus shared meals with his you know, apostles and with his disciples and, the, and all the followers who would just, you know, the, the miracle of the loaves and the fish, like he ate with people, and that's how, um, that's how we feed each other sometimes, you know, body and soul. That's how Jesus feeds us, body and soul through, you know, the Holy Eucharist. So I think, I think a meal is probably, I'm glad it's number one on your list. I don't know if it's, if this is in any particular order, but I'm a big fan of, I'm a big (laughs) fan of sharing a meal with, with people. Me too. Okay. So number
0: two on the list is shared mission. Like we have a common goal, right? And and this kind of goes back to Aristotle's three friendships. Um, not to do a didactic lesson on Aristotle at this very moment, but he you know describes three different um, kinds of friendships. You know, one is the the friendship of um, I think it's utility, where you know you kind of you work together or you're together for a reason outside of friendship, but yet you cultivate a friendship because of that that. Um, sort of convenient relationship, right? And then we have relationships of pleasure, which are like, you know, and these are the accidental relationships, right? These are not necessarily the, 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 the deep friendships, or, or he calls, them the, he calls the, the highest one the friendship of the good. But a friendship of pleasure is just one where you're kind of getting mutual benefit from being friends with each other, right? And then um, you have the friendship of the good. And that's kind of where where we're striving. I mean, this is coming from a, a, a pre-Christian perspective, and yet we can see so clearly how this plays into um, Jesus, you know, and his mission of friendship and reestablishing friendship um, with us.
2: Yeah. Well, and you're exactly right. And even in proverbs it talks about a friend is someone who knows your soul the real you and they know what's going on inside of you and it's not just about a shared hobby or a common interest but someone who truly knows your soul yeah and i think aristotle specifically says like it is the it is
0: the the sharing of of mutual appreciation of values and and we might convert that to virtues as christians and um so it, and that that means that we share a mission, right? I mean, if we share the same virtues, if we sh- have the same values, then then our goal is going to be like, I want to see you in heaven, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. uh, we have a we have a family motto. Uh, it's uh, get to heaven and bring your brother, you know. But that <laughs> but that that extends to our friends as well because we're all brothers and sisters in Christ, and so our shared mission is you know getting to heaven, you know, not by our own accord, but by accepting you know the grace of Jesus Christ and and you know cooperating with that grace in our lives, but then bringing people along, you know, that it's not just about me. It's not just me and Jesus. You know, it's, it's a very communal experience and we are a family. It's that covenantal experience of family that God is calling us into through friendships. So, and that is,
1: that, that is the highest form of love, right? Yeah. To want want the best for that person. Um, And so bringing, bringing them to heaven, like there's, there's nothing better you can do. So that that's the highest form of love. Exactly.
0: Okay, so number three is teaching and learning. You know, again, back to Angela's, uh, you know, observation of Jesus uh, teaching and learning and listening in the temple. Um, You know, that's what Jesus did with his friends. You know, I don't know that you can have a friendship that you don't
1: learn from. Absolutely. Well, and on that note, Fran, it also makes me think Jesus also didn't just sit around with people that looked and thought just like him. I mean, he went out and made kind of some some radical friends (laughs) in the day it was considered radical. So I think we're also called not to sit in our bubble um, and just talk amongst ourselves, but to, to be truly like Jesus and to, to get outside of our, our safe zone and, Mm -hmm. and, and make friends with the world
0: and that's so hard because there is something really beautiful about we often refer to like our closest friends as like our tribe right mm-hmm. like these, these are my people mm-hmm. and <laughs> and i get that and it's beautiful and that experience is is i mean there's nothing like it when, when you find your people and you you live in that pocket of comfort it's it's beautiful and it, it you know it gives you life in some ways but there's a danger in tribe mentality right mm-hmm. there is something um almost insidious that that closes you in on yourself in such a, a in such a tight way that you you don't have that that i mean you almost lose the capacity to reach outward in any way right um, and it's it's so dangerous and I mean I have felt that myself you know where I felt the the, the beautiful comforts of you know my, my my little group and then when you know life Forces me out of that little group. I mean, I, I wasn't practicing how to make friends with people. Right. <laughs> you, know? right you have to relearn some, it
1: because sometimes we're on the receiving end of needing someone to reach out to us. And so, if we aren't a friend, if we if we don't know how to be a friend to to people who aren't just like us, then um, it's hard to expect that that is that 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 others will reach out to us when we need a friend. And when you know, like you and I have moved, Angela we love you. you you're you in Little Rock with, with so many wonderful friends, and I know I miss <laughs> Little Rock, but when we moved to Colorado, we did not know anyone, and so we had to, well, I take that back. We knew John's godfather and great uncle, a retired priest, Father Tom Dowd, and by the grace of God, this 80-something-year-old man introduced us to a couple people that became our really, really close friends, but I say that to say, it's hard to make friends as an adult when you move. And if you're, not, if you're not practicing being a good friend to others and kind of looking for the lonely family that's standing by themselves at Coffee and Donuts, then then people aren't necessarily going to do that for you. And, so, and it just taught me a lesson to be a good friend and to try and reach out and make new friends even as an adult um, because cause the need for friendship and community never really ends. Exactly. Absolutely.
2: I think, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So in John, um, Jesus says, I no longer call you servants, but I call you my friends. And he, like you were saying, Tracy, he had such an eclectic mix of friends. It's pretty, excuse me, it's pretty amazing. But um, I mean, he was embedded in a matrix of close friendships. And the Bible really does have a high view of friendships so, yeah. absolutely. So, that actually is the perfect
0: segue to my point number four, or tip number four, on developing Christian friendships or scriptural friendships. And that is, have a friend group, and it seems a little in- antithetical to what we just said, right? We just <laughs> said reach out of your friend group, but there is, but but we do need um, kind of a sturdy shelter sometimes, and that can be established in friend groups. And Jesus did that. I mean, we're we're not working outside of Jesus's example when we do have you know tight knit friend friends. groups and close friends. We need those. I mean, Jesus had them even within the twelve apostles. He had even an inner circle of the of those that he. Took you know up the mountain for the transfiguration. You know there, we we do have to have those those close close friendships um, because they kind of buttress us a little bit. Um, Do do you feel like that's a do you feel like that's 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 right? Does that feel true?
1: Yes, Um, I absolutely do because life throws obstacles. Life is not always easy and if you don't have your faith and if you don't have friends who love you no matter what, then you're kind of on an Island by yourself. And I think we have our world, you know, we're, we're a fallen world. And so I truly believe that if we had better communities and better, um, friends, if kids were taught really how to have close friends, I I feel like when we were growing up, um, Friends, friends were our family. You know what I mean? We, we had tight-knit families, but we had tight friends. And um, lots of friends from church, lots of friends in the neighborhood. We didn't have fences around our homes. We all have fences around our homes now. You know, things like that. Like, we truly did run over to the next-door neighbors if we needed sugar. Like, when my mom was sick, our next-door neighbor basically moved in with us. And she cared for my mom because we were grown and we, we had moved off and our friends truly became our family. Um, and I know that, you know, my neighbors in Dorado, Arkansas love me to this day, you know, and, and still will call and check in and see how everything's going. Um, uh, but if I didn't have that, I would feel pretty lonely sometimes, you know? Um, and I think that, I think that we can all relate to that. Um, good times, bad times, Um, uh, like you said, uh, close friends are are a sturdy shelter. Yeah. Now, I totally agree. And
2: I think that when you're going through a really hard time, which everyone, everyone probably who's listening um, has has gone through something major in in your life, but they are going to believe with you when your faith is weak. Um, Yeah. And when I think about One of the most challenging times of my life was when we had a third trimester miscarriage. And I remember, um, you came to the hospital and we're just, you were just so loving. And then I remember Tracy, we were texting and you said, what is one thing that I can pray for you for specifically? And to just have this community, this group of friends who kept me strong in my faith when I was so down and in my lowest moment, it was, um, part of what got me through it. So thank y'all.
1: Yeah. Well, and you, you're such an example of um, strength. I don't think you, I don't think you realize sometimes you get us through things. <laughs> you know, when, when sometimes a person of strong faith, when they're, when they feel their weakest, it's the way you, um, the way you ask for help and the way you ask for a prayer um, strengthens those around you and gives us, um, it's almost an honor to share in someone's suffering because um, not that we want you to suffer, but it's an honor to be asked to pray for such an intimate thing. You know, I think you, you gave me very specific things to pray for and I knew that that was kind of what I could do for you. Um, And I think, and I think you made a good point knowing boundaries. Fran was probably the perfect person to come to the hospital and, and just minister to you there I probably would have been a hot mess, like knowing what friend to 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 sit at your side and what friend to to be on their knees at home or what friend to maybe make a meal. You don't want me making you a meal, like I'm not that friend, <laughs> <laughs> you know, knowing who, so knowing like your role uh-huh. too and what you're best at and what your gifts yeah. are in kind of your community of friends. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, I know that this is going to air maybe in a couple of weeks, but today the the day that recording is the feast day of Saint Augustine, and he said there is no better proof of friendship than to help our friends with their burdens. Yeah, yeah, and so absolutely. Friends see us in our best moments, but also in our ugliest, worst moments, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. still love us. Yeah. yeah, still love us. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, there was a French author um, who uh, was referenced in something that I was reading about friendship, but uh, their name was uh, Jean de Rotrou. Doesn't that sound French? It's super French. I love and it. Only you can say it well. <laughs> of course, but but he wrote. He said the friend who suffers alone insults the other, and I love that because it it twists our understanding of of suffering. You know that that if you don't allow your friend to to tap into your suffering and share your burden and help you carry the cross, you know, if if you don't let someone be a Simon to you, um, are, are you really acting like Jesus? Like you almost insult your friends by, by insulating and not letting them in to those times of suffering and vulnerability, um, which is hard because again, people, you know, I'm one of the, I'm one of those kind of people who I'm like, no, it's okay. I can handle this by myself, please. Just, it's really, and I, you almost don't know when someone says, how can I help you? I, I really almost become like um paralyzed with I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like I really don't know. <laughs> um but but having this as kind of a instruction for me, I'm going to have to sit with this and think about it a little bit. Like how that is true. Like if someone if I, if I were asking someone how can I help you, um it would hurt my feelings if they said nothing. There's nothing that you can do for me,
1: you know. So Absolutely. I, I agree. I, you know, I, I had a situation, um, a couple of years ago with a friend whose husband was going through some health, health, um, issues and he was pretty sick and she, but she did not want to accept any help. She really just, she was trying to get through it. She didn't necessarily want her kids, you know, to be worried. And I totally agree. But finally I said, I am making two roasts and one will be on your doorstep. <laughs> Yep. I'm not going to even ring it. I'll text yeah. you when it's there. If you throw it away, that's fine. But like, I can't sit quietly any longer. And of course, um, she was so sweet and the family oohed and aahed over it, which maybe it was good. Maybe, it wasn't. <laughs> but I think sometimes being a friend, you have to know when like, when your friend does really need you, but they're like either they're trying to be strong for their family or they don't want to be a burden or, but knowing as a friend, like you're not a burden. You know, you're not, this is not asking too much of me. Um, and because this is, it's reciprocal. Sometimes, you know, our friends need us and sometimes we need a friend. And um, to, be, to be humble enough to accept generosity from others and also um, to know that it's truly out of love and it's not given because I want something back. But I know you're the type of friend and this particular friend was the type of friend that if I ever was in such a bad situation or, you know, really needed a friend that that she would be there for me too.
0: Well, that's number five, Tracy. Oh, you goodness. just, you just, you just, bring it right? a pot it's, roast. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> yes. a pot roast. A, and washing feet. Exactly. <laughs> it's called serve each other, right? Yeah. That, that's how we, I mean, Jesus is our model and he washed the feet of his apostles. And in return, guess what? they let him wash their feet. Like that is that, that mutual um, acceptance of service and giving of service that is, um, is is based on the life of Christ. You know, Mm -hmm. we have no better model than, than a man who got on his knees and washed someone's feet, you know? And so that means that we bring the roasts. That means we (laughs) do the things that we see are needed in the world. Uh, And even those superfluous things, you know, I mean, probably washing feet, especially back in biblical times, wasn't necessarily superfluous. And it had, you know, plenty, it it had, you know, ritual meaning as well. But there's lots of things that we can do for each other um, that aren't about necessarily uh, meeting needs, but filling hearts. Yeah, You know, and and we have to look for those opportunities. Um, And and they can be little, they can be big, but they they always are needed. And I think they they always are rooted in just Jesus's overabundant generosity and service for us.
1: Fran, you and Angela um, came to my birthday party when I turned 40 and you and a group of friends gave me really one of the coolest gifts I think I've ever gotten. Not only did y'all give me this beautiful antique kind of, Vase, or vase, silver, um, just gorgeous antique um, vase. But y'all gave me a spiritual bouquet, which the vase is gorgeous and it actually sits behind me. But the spiritual bouquet was one of the coolest things I've ever gotten, and it it was written pretty. I'm assuming, friend, maybe that looks like your handwriting. Oh no no
0: no! We hired someone to do that.
1: No, really? <laughs> oh my you God, could not I had to frame it. Are you serious? Okay, yeah, it was awesome.
0: it was a little girl. It was a little girl here in Nashville, Tennessee, like a teenager, and she did such a beautiful job. Oh, yeah. It was
1: gorgeous. But it was like forty um rosaries, forty hours of adoration, forty masses. Um, and so like what you just said, filling up our spiritual needs and and serving um serving each other spiritually is I think a greater gift than anything you could have given me in my hands. You know, just your friendship, but then your prayers are just I mean, I, I'll never forget that gift. I I may forget, you know, a picture frame or a pair of shoes or whatever, but I'll never forget that gift because it was so, A, creative, kind of over the top because it was, it's just so, so many prayers for one person that y'all committed um, to me and then... Everyone was so sweet and said, Tell us what we can pray for because we're gonna be spending a lot of time in adoration and <laughs> we're still with our rosary on that. beads. <laughs> and so I was able to kind of list out things that that um I I needed in prayer. Um so anybody that's anybody that's looking for good ideas, A for a friend for a gift, it doesn't have to be monetary gifts, it doesn't have to be the roast, it doesn't have to be um really the physical service, just the, the spiritual service of, of what y'all gave me was something you can't even put a price tag on.
2: Yeah, I agree. It, w- it was a beautiful gift. Um, and I don't know if there is a greater gift than to lift up your friend in prayer and to, to intercede for them and to bring their, their prayers to the throne of grace and to, to be able to plead for each other on whatever it is that they need. And um, yeah, it, that is a really great gift, a spiritual bouquet.
0: Okay, we're gonna put this on pause for a second and just say that we did not discuss this ahead of time. You guys do not see this list. You cannot even <laughs> read this list. That's number six, guys. Number six on the list is prayer. You know, Jesus oh, wow. taught his apostles to pray, and certainly they prayed together and worshiped together. And I think there is um prayer is like glue for friendships. I, I cannot, I cannot recommend anything else in the world that really just just sticks you with another human being as praying together um you know i i started going to adoration uh with a group of women i mean many years ago and i mean we did see each other and hang out outside of our outside of our adoration hour but just sitting together for an hour a week was like the strongest crazy glue you can imagine you know i mean and we weren't even praying out loud together. We were just in the <laughs> presence of our Lord together, and there's something so beautiful about that that um, that just solidifies relationships, and um, and, it, and it makes me sad too that there are um, you know people out there, especially in marriages, who don't pray together because I think that that is something that is so. I mean, obviously essential to friendships, but I mean, there is no higher friendship on this earth than marriage, I think, right, right. you know, I mean, it's, it, we've taken it to a sacramental level. <laughs> 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 We're sacrament official <laughs> friends. And, um, and if you're not praying together, you're, you're not making use of, you know, again, that, that just amazing power of, of prayer glue. That's, I mean, that's the best way I can describe it.
1: It is glue.
2: Yeah. I feel that I've grown so much by certain circles of friends. And, you know, you grow wiser by the ones who are smart. And uh, we had a surprise baby shower for a friend of ours. And I think some of y'all were there. But we, we took her to the lake. And the first thing that we did after we organized our bottles of wine for the weekend is we sat down. <laughs> for
0: the pregnant woman.
2: <laughs> <laughs> she we loved it. We sat down and we ha- we set a rosary for her. Because her gift, her baby gift, was a rosary. And um, so we all sat down together and um, said that rosary for Sweet Baby Rose. So that was such a special moment to be able to join in prayer as the first thing that we did as a group of friends.
1: Yeah, that that was a That's beautiful That's fantastic. Yep. And Tracy was there in spirit. I was there yes. in spirit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it's another hazard of... of um... Being friends with people many states <laughs> away. Sometimes I don't get to join the fun. But Thank goodness for FaceTime, though. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Exactly,
0: all right. Number seven is travel together, and and hear me out on this. Like Jesus traveled with his friends, right? And I don't mean I mean we've traveled together. We've traveled together in, in you know such amazing ways. But but even little retreats together, even um you know traveling to you know I don't know do a shopping trip together or do even co- going away, spend investing um time together apart from your daily life. I think is so important in cultivating deep friendships. You know, um, Angela, we mentioned earlier, you know, you go camping with friends and families, um, which is amazing. And that's kind of what I'm trying to tap into here. Like there's something about those experiences that you can't get, you know, going out to lunch or you can't get any other way, but really taking yourself out of your daily life and, and taking a trip together.
2: Yeah, I think, I think you're right. Those are, those definitely take a lot more planning to be intentional with (laughs) outings. Um, I am going to share my last bit later, but it has something to do with traveling. So, okay, good. Okay. Uh Yes. Okay. Putting a star by that.
1: Speaking of intentional uh, planning, Angela doesn't just camp. She has a, is it a a trailer or a a camper? It's a camper, right? It's tiny. It's a tiny camper and her family of Six. Six? Uh-huh. All stays in together. And so where do your friends stay when y'all go camping? Because the Eddies um, and the Yaks <laughs> aren't big campers. So <laughs> kind of tell us how this works. Well,
2: luckily, a lot of times our camp, camp trips are just, you know, an hour or two away. So people can just come up for the day and, oh. you know, we'll cook with them and get on the water and hike, go find a waterfall, whatever it is. So um, that's my
1: kind of camping trip. And then y'all stay and sleep on top of each other. Pretty much. (laughs) I love it.
0: So number eight on the list is forgive and accept forgiveness. Um, I think that this is so important in friendships, um, uh, obviously in a multitude of ways, because you really almost can't. Okay, so there's a play uh, that I was in. early in my acting career uh, called The Fantastics. And there is a lyric in one of the songs uh, that is, uh, without a hurt, the heart is hollow. And I think that translates really well into friendships that, you know, it's, it's almost hard to say that you have a real, true, deep and abiding friendship that hasn't been tested in some way, that hasn't required some measure of uh, grace and forgiveness. Um, either you did something wrong or they did something wrong or somebody hurt someone or something was said, and that you really have an intention. Moment of extending forgiveness or accepting forgiveness.
1: Yes, yes. Um, it reminds me of a story of my mom who told me. I think I was in college, but one of her friends had decided to go back to work, and my mom was like, "Why? Why would you do that?" And she kind of made the comment, um, "You're you're nuts." Um, and then she, but then she felt so bad about it. And I don't even know that her friend was offended necessarily, but she 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 told me over the phone, "I really am so upset that I even said that that was wrong and she called her friend and said, "I'm sorry, I think that is amazing that you're doing that, and the the people you're working with are so lucky to have you and and it made her feel so much better, but I think it restored maybe a little bit of that hurt between them, and um you know, I think for her friend. She probably, I suspect, respected my mom all the more for kind of humbling herself, and um, making that phone call, being intentional about following up and saying, "I should not have said that. That was wrong." And and I think, I think that's amazing that you got the energy and the passion and um, to to go back to work. You know, her children had grown and were in college, and and she had stayed home to raise her kids and really wanted to work. And um, like I said, mom was mom was like why would you do that now? You know? Um, but she, she really, truly regretted it. And so when she told me that it was such an example of like, okay, I can, I need to be mindful. And I know, and my mom actually was not super outspoken. So it was sort of like out of character, even that she would criticize someone for their choices. Cause that was, that really wasn't her. I think it just came out. And, um, it, and the minute it came out, she regretted it, but, I'm a little bit more outspoken and, and I I think about that all the time of, if I've offended somebody, you know, I, I try to, to be mindful of that and try and remember, um, you know, to apologize and even to my children. I don't know if y'all apologize to your kids much, but that's hard because I like to think that, um, I'm right (laughs) always. And, you know, and sometimes I do say things, um, in anger or in frustration or when I'm stressed or when I'm tired at the end of the night and know everybody's moving like turtles. Um, <coughs> and so going back to say, I'm sorry, I lost my temper. Um, because I want to restore that friendship with my, with my kids. Um, and I want to, to be their friend when they're older. Um, I always say, I'm not your friend, I'm your parent, but in reality we are friends. And, and as they get older, my older children, especially, um, I've, I want to be their friends. I want to be their friends when they go to college and when they become, you know, adults and cause they're young adults now. Um, so I, I wholeheartedly agree with, um, your forgiveness number, whatever number that was. It was we good, were on like, number eight. <clears throat> well, number and on, eight. The fli-
2: on the flip side of that, um, to have a friend who will call you out when you, when we can't see our blind spots, when we are making errors in our life and to speak out on, you know, with brutal honesty, But also to show that tender compassion if we are making mistakes in our personal life um, for a friend to be able to kind of set us straight and say, you know, kind of keep us in check. That is Right, because the, it's it's hard. a mark of love. Yeah, and it's a mark of love. And I think that is a mark of,
0: of again, kind of going back to Aristotle's three friendships, like that is a mark of of wanting the good for the other because it's easy to sit in that place of um, maybe it's the, the pleasure friendship where, you know, it's nice to be nice to nice people like us. You know, everything's just <laughs> nice and there's nothing weird or awkward or, or we can ignore any awkwardness because it's not that deep, right? It, we haven't right. dug in so deep. But when you start digging in, love is not blind. <laughs> <laughs> Love is <laughs> like you do see the faults and weaknesses of other people, um, unfortunately, oftentimes more than we see it in ourselves. But that that you could find a way in real charity um, to call that person onward and upward, and and to become a better person. I mean, some of my very best friends um, in the world know some of my most terrible flies and it's not a joke but they can say it you know they can say like oh well you know this is showing. And and I can take and I can take it from them because I know that they love me. You know, yeah. and and it and it falls in a softer place than if it came from someone obviously who didn't know me as well, but could probably see it just as well as anyone else. Cause you know, I don't hide my flaws that well. <laughs>
1: I think. You Fran, you sent an article the other day about friendship and Christian friendship. And and on the topic of forgiveness, one of the one of the lines in this article says, a timeless Christian medicine is to immediately ask for forgiveness, um, and I love the wording of that Christian medicine because that's that's so true. It for asking for forgiveness really heals heals the wound.
0: Right. And that medicine comes from the physician. You know, it is, mm-hmm. it is modeled after Jesus Christ who restores us all through his, um, through his grace and through his forgiveness. So again, that, that's number eight on the list. Number nine is, okay, this is going to be a little bit of a windy road on this one. <laughs> um, it's um, Christian friendships leave their old lives behind. You know, so we see Jesus picking up, you know, calling, calling the apostles to, to put down their nets and, and basically pick up the cross, right. <laughs> you know, right. but in a, but in a way, do you ever think about that? Like, these apostles had lives. I mean, you know, Peter had a wife, he had a mother-in-law, so he certainly had a wife, um, <laughs> you know, and, and he left them. He left what he had been doing his entire life um, to follow Jesus and to establish a friendship with him uh, that did not you know, exist previously. Um, and so in a way, now I don't think that, you know, I'm supposed to leave Matt and my children to go move to I don't know. Scottsdale. <laughs>
1: Scottsdale. <laughs> Come on, friend. Or go
0: back to Little Rock, Be a Christian friend. <laughs> but I do think that there's something very very true and this 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 is something personal to me like um you know there pri- so I had a season in my life when I was especially kind of working in theater where I had different kinds of friendships. You know, I was not the woman that I am today. Um I went to parties that I probably would not attend today. Um <laughs> And, and when I started to make Christian friendships, I did put those nets down, you know, and, and it wasn't that they weren't fun and it wasn't that, you know, those were not, you know, even, even good people, you know, it's just that we didn't have this, this shared virtue or the shared value or even the same goal, you know, and, and when I, when I started making friends who shared that, those same goals, I did have to lay down those nets and kind of move on and not that I can't return and be friendly with those people and, you know, cordial and, and sweet and all those things. Cause I think that most of them are wonderful people who I'm interested in, but, um, I did kind of have to leave my old life behind a bit.
1: One of my biggest prayers for my kids, especially at the beginning of the school year is for, for good teachers and for good friendships. And, um, I'm sure we all say the same prayer for our children. We want them to have good friendships that lead them to the Lord and don't pull them away and, and aren't bad influences. And I think part of part of growing up is is learning how to discern for yourself. And so that's something I you know don't interfere and try and force my kids to have only one kind of friend or whatever. But but I'm always praying for that. And I'm praying that maybe if if my kids don't have friends like that, that maybe they're that type of friend for their friends, that they're the ones maybe leading their um, their their friends to, to Jesus. And I think it was maybe the first day of school I was washing fruit, and I had just bought a big thing of, like, strawberries from Sam's, and they looked beautiful on the outside, you know. And I, I grabbed a handful to wash, and in the middle was, like, a rotten strawberry, and all the strawberries around it were rotten. And it, it popped in my head that that is sort of friends – how how a bad influence in a, in a, or a bad, you know, influence in a friendship can be to us. It takes one kind of rotten apple to, to start to infect those closest around them. So my prayer is always be, find good friends, but be a good friend, you know, be a good friend that, that leads, leads people to Jesus. And, and my fruit analogy has kind of come back a few times to me, um, just, as Friday nights approach and my kids want to go do fun things or ask for friends to come over, you know, you always think, um, one, you just one, one, you know, one, one person can, I think, um, be, maybe taint your perception of, of life and, but also one good apple, one good strawberry in the middle can, can help spread joy and can help, um, yeah, influence your peers.
0: Well, and I think also another aspect of leaving your old life behind that, that occurred to me also has to do with my children. And I have one of my children – um is very introverted, not shy, but introverted, and has difficulty uh, making friends or having superfluous conversations. And you know, and not that they're always superfluous, but you know, like the the chatty, the chattiness that you kind of have to be able to do if you're going to make friends. He just has difficulty with that. That's just the way he's wired. And um, we've had to coach him, you know, in ways of of this is how you feel. These are the experiences that you have had in the past that have not gone well put it away, you know, put yeah. it away and try again. You know, just because that that interaction didn't go very well doesn't mean that every future interaction isn't going to get better, right? You're building muscle here. Every time you try, every time, you know... It, and another pointer that that we have given him that i think is is good for for me to consider in establishing friendships because i'm kind, i'm kind of there like you know again we we've only been here 2 years from living 15 years with our closest and dearests you know and so we're still trying to establish friendships but um moving beyond trying to be interesting and just trying to be interested in yeah. people because i feel like that is a great entry into relationship and again kind of hearkening back to Angela's piece on if you're talking you're not listening and I'm doing a lot of talking right now now that I'm thinking of it
2: (laughs) but you're investing in others yeah Yeah. and sometimes in ways
0: that aren't comfortable as well so um yeah again, I don't think we need to abandon our past, but, but, you know, putting things behind us that inhibit us from, from becoming better friends and making new friends is, um, I think important. And then this brings us to number 10. And I feel in this way, the first shall be last and the last shall be first because number 10 really is number one. And that is
1: sacrifice. Friendships always require sacrifice. And I think that's, that's, we're talking about all different types of friendship, but obviously in marriage is is the most um, obvious point of, of sacrifice. And, and I hope that, I feel like you two and myself, I think we married our best friends. And I hope that my children, and I hope that your children, if marriage is their vocation, marry their best friends. And when you marry your best friend, even when you marry your best friend, it's not always rainbows and puppy dogs, <laughs> you know? Can I can I can I get an amen? Amen, um, sister. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it requires sacrifice. I mean, daily it requires sacrifice. Um I think we probably have more examples than we have time. <laughs> but but love love is 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 sacrifice and yeah. looking at Jesus who sacrificed his life, who laid down his life. Yes. For his, his friends. Um Numero uno. That's, yeah. Yeah, that is number one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and that's hard. It's hard always to sacrifice and to know the right measure of sacrifice because that doesn't mean doing everything that someone asks you to do. And it doesn't mean becoming a doormat. And uh, my uh, so one of my other kids went to a, um, a little uh, young men's uh, formation group this week and he had a speaker uh, come and uh, this young man told the, the kids, he was kind of talking again very coincidentally talking about friendship and he said it's not your job to be your friend's spiritual toilet paper and i was like
1: oh <laughs> that is no. genius it is. i'm going to use
0: that yeah and especially good for teenagers to hear right um but but also maybe for us um yeah. but i do think that you know there are demands there there are things that that friendship requires of us there are demands that true friendship makes on us or make on us that we do have to respond to or it is in fact a sin against the friendship right Mm -hmm. if you see a friend who is an objectively um difficult time like we have to respond in charity or that's not friendship like you don't just be like thoughts and prayers (laughs)
1: <laughs> Thoughts and prayers argued with as as was evidence with my spiritual bouquet. However <laughs>
0: we also give you a vase to put your flowers in. <laughs> it's a vase. It's a vase. <laughs>
1: no, but you're totally right. You're totally right. I love that spiritual toilet paper.
0: I know. I know. That's I would need to chew on that. Because we've all felt like that, right? <laughs> yes. We feel and like there we're we're getting getting from chill.
1: the brunt of of so and so's <laughs> problems or drama or anytime they need a favor they call you and 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 sometimes again you don't you don't you don't um you don't offer help or or be a friend to people because they can do something for you like that that obviously goes against what friendship is but you also can't abuse you know if you feel abused then something's off balance you know this is not a healthy friendship and I think Angela what you said very very early on in this conversation was you said something about setting boundaries and I think that's probably um, a really big key to your success and having friends is to to know your boundaries and to know like um, boundaries at work so you can spend time with friends or boundaries with friends so you can spend time with your family having boundaries I think is is really really important
0: and I think even having boundaries on the receiving end too is very important because, you know, we all have those friends who are just like superstar service. I mean, service is their love language. And so if something needs to be done, they're going to be the first person who, you know, makes the meal, delivers the groceries, takes the kids, whatever it is. And yet, I feel like those of us who are on the receiving end in Christian charity, in christian friendship need to be very respectful of that offer and be introspective like do i really need this thing and not take it for granted and realize it's not our right to receive these things like and to respond in just gratitude um you know that that's something that is i think essential to uh, it goes hand in hand with sacrifice again it's not coincidental that eucharist means thanksgiving because they always go together. Sacrifice and thanksgiving always go together, and we have to live in that spirit of gratitude um, when sacrifice is uh, the core of relationship, when it's numero uno.
1: Thank you. I think the article that you sent also said something that I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was that gratitude was the, the oil, the yes, friendship. Yeah. And that was another I, line that really just spoke to me, that gratitude, yeah. being thankful, saying thank you, Um, You can never say thank you too much. When somebody said Mm -hmm. something like, maybe that's too repetitious, the author referenced the holy sacrifice of the mass. Like, is that too repetitious? (laughs) No, I don't think so. Yeah. How many
0: times do we thank almighty God? And yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, So I love that. Blessed Gratitude is the blessed oil on which friendship and marriage thrive.
0: Yeah. And and oil burns. Like it makes something, it it brings us fire. It brings us warmth, you know, um, and also balm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all of those things. I love it. I love it. So those are our ten tips, Jesus love tips it. for Christian friendship. Like <laughs> we did it. We got through all ten. I'm so happy. Now go
2: out and bring someone a pot roast, right?
0: I know. Exactly. <laughs> go make some pot go make some roasts this week. Okay, so Angela, we you, you said okay, that you had your last little bit already on the burner. Do you wanna go? Do you wanna sure. tell us what your last little yeah. bit is?
2: Yeah, so um recently, well, I should say a year ago. Um, I was on a girl's trip, and that was when y'all first announced that uh, y'all were starting the Bellator Society. And there was a brunch at a place in Memphis, and I think it was called like the Friars. French. Oh, it was Brother Juniper. It's fantastic. Yes, Yes. Brother Juniper. Okay, shout out to them. So the waiter who was taking our food order started a new notepad. And he said, whenever I start a new notepad, then I always have someone write on the front of it. And so our table wrote Bellator Society. And so my Time Hop app, just like yesterday, pulled up a picture from a year ago. And that's what it was. It was a picture Aww. of the, the notepad, and it said Bellator. And I just thought, what a coincidence how far, in the, just in a year, uh, what you two wonderful ladies have done with this organization and just spreading love and uh, God's wor- word to the world. So... Uh, kudos to y'all you're doing Angela you are so
0: cool that is so cool hey send us that picture and we'll we'll put it up on uh on our social media or we'll uh, make a little uh post about it on the blog I want to see that again I forgot about that That would it have been a year
2: ago or two years I guess a year a A year
0: ago ago. it's just a year (laughs) it feels like forever sometimes
1: (laughs) that's awesome all right is it my turn sure Okay, I actually I have can I have two last little bits? One will be very quick. Yes. Because we can never I I, I always have more <laughs> stories in my little noggin. But Angel, you just reminded me. This was a girls trip that a bunch of you ladies went on that again I was not able to go because I was living far far away. But, and, they're in but I got a I got a funny story from I, one of you told me. I think it was you Fran that y'all had had determined you were not going to cook. So you were like in the middle of nowhere, Arkansas, like on the river in a tiny little cabin. And the one request was that no woman was going to be cooking or in the kitchen. So (laughs) I found a few like little restaurants, you know, around, around the town to go to and sort of scheduled your dinners and stuff accordingly. And I think you were at a small Italian restaurant and (laughs) everyone, y'all bent your heads down and prayed together before, before the meal, but you made the sign of the cross and, you know, said your prayer and and the the waiter was standing there, um when it when this occurred and I guess he looked at one of y'all and said, sorority <laughs> 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 so, Yes. It's and you're I mean that's hilarious. It's kind of like uh, a sort. I mean, I guess we're a sorority, sure. but not a not how you think. Oh. Not a secular sorority, thank you. Uh-huh. It's like but we're, we're throwing
0: come... our sorority sign.
1: I uh, know this sign of the cross is awesome. So we, a we we probably need a little bit more evangelization um, in the deep south. But <laughs> that that was one last little bit. But my other last little bit that was really that I've been thinking about is. On Friendship, again, and it is um, a story that recently my husband was out of town, and it was my ch- daughters and I at home, and um, my eldest was going to a movie with a friend, and she was leaving, and it was nighttime, so I'm in my pajamas, like, no makeup on, hairs in a bun, um, and she, she's 18, so she, they were going to a late show, and she left, and she texted me in the driveway. Her friend was picking her up, and she said, Mom, there's a snake in the garage, uh, what do you want me to do? Don't want to be late for the movie. And I'm like, <laughs> jodie I called her and I'm like, are you kidding me? You cannot leave me here. And uh, so I get outside and sure enough, there's a snake and her sweet friend gets out of the car. And I mean, I was almost like, depending on this child. To save me from the snake, (laughs) and she goes. I said, "What is it?" And she goes, "I don't know, but it's not a garden snake." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" So we call my husband, and we're all screaming. And and I have a picture of my eldest daughter on top of the workbench in the garage with. Because it's important
0: to document these things. Oh
1: my gosh! Because we were all (laughs) screaming like wild, you know, crazy people. And her friend is holding a broom and was calling another friend for reinforcement to maybe see if he could come and help us. And I'm just like in the back flailing around and our little one was going, I can do it. I can do it. I'm like, no, stop. Go away. You're oh, going to get love bit. child. It, yeah, it was hilarious. But anyways, long story short between the two of us, between her friend and myself, we got the snake out. We got the devil snake, Satan himself out into the driveway. Um, He'd crawled between some mats, and we kind of drug him out. And I, I was like, had the broom like it was a pitchfork, and she was pulling the <laughs> end. She was the one that got down and actually touched the mat and, and pulled it out. But I but I think it's funny, but it's also um, an example of our children's friends can sometimes be a friend to us. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, and in this moment, she was a very good friend to me by um, helping me. Because every time my daughter wanted to leave, she's like, we're going to be late. Her friend was like, we gotta stay here and help your mom, and I'm like, "Oh, friend for life."
2: Yes. She can come over any weekend. Huh? That's
1: right. That's right. So those are my two last little bits. Love I it. love
0: it. I love it. Y'all also had a shared mission. So see, it was even a Christian
1: friendship we got, experience. We got the demons. <laughs>
2: Go out away, of the Satan. House.
1: That's, <laughs> That's right. right. That's exactly okay. actually what I said. Did you? Good. <laughs> I'm I glad that it. you did. Yeah. yeah. Get behind me. Go away. In the name of Jesus. Get get out (laughs) of my garage.
0: I banish you, snake.
1: I love it. All
0: right, so my last little bit is something that happened to me this week. So we went to a Catholic Medical Association dinner um, that my husband— was invited to – and it was actually a very interesting event where there was mass um, and then a dinner with the bishop and the reciting of the Hippocratic Oath and just just a good nourishing for physician souls. I'm not a physician, but I can imagine like having that um, – community, that, that um, establishment of uh, really, again, that shared mission, that, that that rooted in Christ experience of community is establishing friendships among the physicians in town. So I think that's really beautiful. But at the beginning of the dinner, the MC uh, was up on the stage and we had uh, been invited to sit um, at one of the front tables. And it, it was really like I resisted it at all costs. Like I had moved my purse like twice. But one of our <laughs> friends who was sitting at that table was like, no, no, you come back And you sit here and so like we were like right in front and you know that's super uncomfortable always but um the the MC was up on stage doing introductions you know of special guests thank you bishop for being here we had a couple of the dominican sisters one of whom was a physician seated at our table we had um one of the the ethicists from the diocese there who was going to be doing the speaking and just you know introductions of special people and then he turns And says, and we have a co founder of a Catholic lay evangelization movement (laughs) called Bellator Society here with us. He said, Frenchel Yeager, he hands me the microphone and says, would you please tell us a little bit about Bellator Society? Uh -uh. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, and I didn't even, like, I would have no, I had met this gentleman, I mean, a couple of times. I think we sat together at a dinner once, like a fundraiser, and mentioned, like, you know, hey, what do you do? You know, just very casual. I would have had no notion that I would have had any, like like he would have remembered what I do, my name, all of these things. And so he handed me a microphone. And I mean, it was like, I hope that it was a mode of inspiration from the Holy Spirit because I don't even remember what I said. But I'm saying this, that I did mention we have a podcast. And of course, I mentioned that we have a blog and a website. And so if you are here listening to this podcast as a result of me sweating, holding a microphone in front of a bunch of physicians, Trembling. welcome. 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 I want to be your friend. I want to be your friend. So email us at bellatorsociety at gmail dot com, and um, we will get back to you because I'd like to meet you. If 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 you heard me talk that night and you came here to listen to this, then I think the Holy Spirit has something in store
1: for this friendship. So oh, it's meant to be. I know exactly. <laughs>
0: Thanks for joining us today on Bellator Colloquium. Please look for Bellator Society on everything social, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And if you like what we're doing here on this podcast, we would love for you to share that with us. Rate us on iTunes to help us get the word out and share, share, share. We cannot wait to chat next time right here on Bellator Colloquium, the conversation for online warriors for the true, good, and beautiful.